0: This podcast is presented to you by Pastors Tom and Bonnie Deschall from Celebration Church in Harare, Zimbabwe. For more information, please visit celebrationmen.org.
1: Over the past few years, as you know, we've been encouraging you to do your. Now there she goes again, ringing a bell. But let me tell you do you know why I ring a bell? Do you know why I ring? Who thinks? Who knows why I ring a bell? Raise your hand. Two people. Okay, then let me tell you. The reason why I ring a bell is to condition you. When you hear that bell, you know I'm not going to take anybody's word for it. I'm going to find out for myself. And I cannot tell you the number of people who ring bells around me. Because they want to know the truth, and they are reminded. So when you hear a bell, what do you think? No, don't take my word for it. Amen. So the point is at celebration today, we've been provoked by the revelation of the deceit of the enemy, infiltration of the world into the church and our own misunderstanding or lack of knowledge. So it is with the celebration of Easter, Easter eggs, Easter bunnies. The question continues, how does God see this? And how did we get so far from where God originally started? So last year, Pastor Tom shared with us the origins of Easter and some of our traditions and discovered the truth about Easter. How many of you heard that message? So for years in this church, we celebrated Easter and uh, Valentine's Day even in good faith. But as we've increased in knowledge and truth we've begun to realize it is not pleasing to god so this morning pastor tom's in kenya he said please pastor will you share with the congregation the message of easter i said they've heard it before he said no we have a lot of new people who's new since last year and we have people who need to be reminded because let me tell you something The daily reading today, Proverbs 25, verse 2, said it's the glory of God to conceal a matter, but it's the glory of kings to search out a matter. And you are prophets, priests, and kings. So it is glory to you to search out this matter. Amen? Amen. 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 Don't take my word for it. So turn with me to Proverbs 1. And Proverbs 1... I want you to look in your who has a real Bible today Mm mm-hmm we encourage the real Bible because one day the internet will be turned off and you will still have the Word of God you will not be seeing pictures of pornography or text messages during services you will only be looking at his word Proverbs 1 1 through 2 says the Proverbs of Solomon the son of David King of Israel to know wisdom and instruction Everybody say wisdom and instruction. Wisdom in this verse comes from the Hebrew word chokma. Chokma. Everybody say chokma. And it is that which is pounded in. Wisdom is pounded in. You have to hear it over and over and over again. Seven times I heard you have to hear something before it really gets into your cell system. So just take your hand and pound your neighbor's head and pound it in please for this morning so how is it that we have been maybe deceived how many of you are deceived (laughs) how many think your neighbor is deceived how many think your wife is deceived (laughs) don't you raise your hands but you see The enemy knows the secrets of God. And the Bible, well, some of the quotes are, If you tell a lie big enough, tell it frequently enough, it will be believed. Tell a lie big enough and frequently enough, it will be believed. Adolf Hitler. Make the lie big enough, keep it simple, keep saying it, and eventually they'll believe it. Pound it in. Any idea, plan, or purpose may be placed in the mind through repetition or thoughts. A repetition of thoughts. Napoleon Hill. Repetition. Do you know that if you want to become a good musician, how many of you would like to become a good musician? You have to practice every day or over and over and over again, or do your drum rolls on a regular basis, or practice your violin. You know you can't do this without practice, without repetition. And some people find that boring or irrelevant, but God doesn't. And we are conditioned to believe that it is not important. So, how would you react if you found out that much of what you have been told or taught your life is based on a lie? Again, if you're deceived, you don't know you're deceived. Because then you wouldn't be deceived. Because when you're deceived, you're deceived. And you don't know that you're deceived. That means that you have no idea that you're deceived. And then you are not deceived if you know the truth. But are you deceived? 1 Thessalonians, turn with me to 1 Thessalonians. So I say to you, don't take my word for it. Do your own research. 1 Thessalonians 5. 1 Thessalonians 5, 21 through 22 says, examine everything carefully. Um, 1 Thessalonians, by the way, is in the New Testament if you don't know that. Examine everything carefully, hold fast to that which is good and abstain from every form of evil. Abstain from every form of evil. How do you know what's evil? Because the devil intends to make evil look good and good evil. And that's deception. And some of us are living in that deception because we've been told over and over and over again by the media, by our friends, and by our traditions that something is good when actually it is not. Second Timothy 2.15 says, be diligent to present yourself approved of God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed, accurately handling the word of truth. So that brings us to what's called cognitive dissonance. Everybody say cognitive dissonance. Cognitive dissonance. You and I have been inundated, infiltrated, conditioned, and programmed our whole lives to believe certain things. Things aren't always what they seem. My sons wrote a song one time. Things aren't always what they seem. And that's the truth. Last year, Pastor Tom shared this particular concept, watch. time and if I had time I would love to show you a stream of of clips and videos that would actually exemplify this but I think you get the idea so we must continually examine it and not believe everything we see first off measuring everything according to the Word of God so in the field of psychology cognitive dissonance is the mental discomfort Physical stress experienced by a person who simultaneously holds two or more contradictory beliefs or values. Sometimes people hold a core belief that is very strong. And when they are presented with evidence that works against that belief, the new evidence is rejected and cannot be accepted it would create a feeling that is extremely uncomfortable and it's called cognitive dissonance. And because it is so important to protect the core belief, they will rationalize, ignore, and even deny anything that doesn't fit in with their core beliefs. Some people believe that Coca-Cola is good for them. So when you present the fact of what it does to you, Coca-Cola is good for cleaning carburetors of cars, from what I understand, and doing a myriad of other things, but in the body, there is a challenge. But because the taste buds are conditioned to it, and you've been sold uh, that Coca-Cola is a good thing, then you say, "Uh, what's wrong? (laughs) So it's hard for you to believe that it might be a problem. How can they sell me something that isn't good for me? And so that's called cognitive dissonance. It happens with a number of things. So even when some of you saw the, the, the teacups, you thought, what? Your whole conditioning was, uh, this, is a, this isn't right. I, that's not what I believed when I first saw this. So the, as it is with the world around us, and the devil knows this, and he's determined to condition you so you will not accept the word of God so keeping this in mind while i present to you the case against the traditions of men now if you remember jesus said in matthew 15 6 if you'll turn there with me that's in the new testament too and by this he's talking to the people around him and by this, you invalidated the word of God for what? Oh, I love the sound of those pages. Keep them going. Please eventually stop though. I'd like you to find your place. Matthew 15, six, I think it's in, on page 951. And by this, you invalidated the word of God for the sake of your tradition. For the sake of your cognitive dissonance, you invalidate the word of God. Mark 7.13 also says the same thing. Invalidating the word of God by your tradition you've handed down, you've been handed down, you do things such as this. So as I've been studying, I've discovered that many of the Christian practices that we have today, including holidays, were actually rooted in the cultic and pagan sun god worship long before Jesus' time. And how many of you want to do what is pleasing to God? How many of you want to please God? How many of you say, not my will, but thine be done? How many of you say, to God be the glory? All right, then you're the people that need to hear this. So uh, open with me to Genesis 10, 8 through 9. Genesis 10. We all know the story of Noah. He had how many sons? How many sons did he have? Three. So we wanna turn our attention to Nimrod who was the great grandson of Noah. Verse eight. Now Cush became the father of Nimrod and he became a mighty one on the earth. He was a mighty hunter before the Lord Therefore, it is said like Nimrod, a mighty hunter hunter before the Lord. Now, when I I first read that, I thought uh, Nimrod was a mighty hunter for the Lord. But in actual fact, the original meaning of this situation was that he was against the Lord. He'd been infiltrated by that time by Satan to discourage the plans of God. And he was... uh, against Yahweh, against God. He was later called the Sun God. He built Babel, later called Babylonian, the Babylonian Empire, and his his reference to have built the Tower of Babel. And you know that tower was meant to ascend to uh, heaven to overthrow God. He also built Nineveh. He married Semiramis, and they became king and queen of the then known world. We learned that after Nimrod's death, he was called the sun god, Baal or Baal. And his widow Semiramis was called the queen of heaven. When I first discovered this, I was mortified because as a young child, I was asked to sing at many people's weddings and the, one of the songs that i sang a lot and was requested at that time that was popular was called to the queen of heaven hey my way for sure so various cultures continue the idolatry of these original pagans but under different names so to the egyptians Semiramis was is isis to the babylonians baltus to the canaanites Ashtar to the Assyrians Ishtar to the northern Europeans Ostor and she was known as Diana to the Ephesians same person according to various sources the name Easter originates from the goddess Ishtar this person here She had an illegitimate son named Tammuz, but she claimed that she had supernaturally conceived Tammuz by the rays of Nimrod, the sun god. And Satan in this particular understanding, and you'll see later as I talk about uh, the the continuation of this, this is a a perversion of God's plan for marrying Jesus. And so often when you see pictures of this, you're not seeing Mary and Jesus. You're seeing son, God, queen of heaven, and illegitimate baby. And it is not who we should give attention to. So anyway, what are the traditions that go with Easter? How many of you have ever celebrated Easter? You know what I'm talking about? What are the traditions? Easter eggs. Easter bunnies At some point after that Samiramis died and it is said that she sent up into heaven that she was sent up into heaven but apparently her deceased husband Baal the sun god Nimrod was not ready for her so he sent her back to earth in a giant egg How many of you guys would like to do that to your wives The egg exploded in the Euphrates River and the very first thing that she did when she came out of that egg is she turned a bird into an egg-laying rabbit why I don't know that's right that's crazy as it sounds that's where we get our egg-laying rabbit the Easter Bunny an egg symbolizes fertility which deemed her a goddess And the dying of the Easter eggs were a part of a bloodline sacrifice ritual. So when we are celebrating Easter, we are saying we are celebrating the bare breasted fertility goddess. That's how God sees it. So the question is, and I used to wonder, bunny don't lay eggs. But anyway, I want to watch, I want to show you this and see if you have the same cognitive dissonance that this little girl did.
0: Are you painting a face on an egg? Yes I am. Have you lost your mind? No, it's for Easter. Ugh, Easter. Uh, okay, what's wrong with Easter now? I just don't understand what it's all about. I do give me chocolate? How do you mean? When I ask for chocolate, Mum said, no, 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 not good for you. Sometimes, you give me more chocolate, what I can eat. Like what? Easter, Halloween, Christmas, my birthday. Okay, okay. The country is gripped by obesity. All our celebrations have loads of chocolate. Yeah, I suppose you're right. I don't get the characters either. What characters? The Easter characters. We learned all about Easter at nursery. Yeah? Our Easter Bunny and Jesus best pals? Well, not really. Is he still Bunny in the Bible? Does do he carry a basket of eggs all the time? Well, the thing is, he's not really in the... Does Jesus totally love chocolate then? Well, the thing is, he's not really in the Bible. What do you think Jesus' favourite chocolate is? Eh, uh, I, don't, I don't think he had a favourite. My favourite's Puttons. Listen, Isla. lots of people believe lots of different things, but the most important thing is... We have fun together. You know what I really don't get? What's that?
1: Bunnies don't even lay eggs. Smart baby. (laughs) So there's so much we don't understand, but our Lord Yahweh is leading us in knowledge, wisdom, and revelation. You see, she's asking questions. She was doing her own research. Now, (laughs) how many of you even asked those questions? You just said oh okay I'm gonna go buy Easter eggs okay we're gonna have a bunny we even had a bunny here on the altar duh deception at its highest and we just go along with it I don't want you to go along with the flow of the enemy and my whole purpose for wanting to even start here is that you will begin to question other things that are deceptions in our lives There are many, many things that are deceiving us and we just go along with it and we don't consider what does God think and how does God see it. Um, I was so excited and I'm gonna share with you a little bit later, but there was a a guy named Houston. Houston, where are are you here? He came to me and he said, I was so upset. I asked God, why is the sky blue? Pastor Tom says, ah, I never asked that question. Why is the sky blue? Has anybody ever asked that question? It's just, you accept that it's blue. No one else has asked that question. Houston, praise God for your revelation. Hallelujah. So he started searching about the blue sky. He couldn't find anything. But God then on that search led him to other truths and revelation. Because his heart was questioning and wanting understanding. So how many of you want? More revelation. Today, it's yours. So, Yahweh is leading us into knowledge, wisdom, and revelation. And it's going to be pounded in. And you're going to get tired of hearing it. And your cognitive dissonance are going to freak out. And you're going to not want to hear this. But we're going to pound it in. Just grab your neighbor's head and pound it again. And say, wisdom is pounded in. (laughs) Well, pound your own head then, okay, if you don't know what's underneath the other person's hair. Yahweh's view or perspective is multidimensional. So when Yahweh fell, he, when Satan fell, he took the same multidimensional view with him that he'd known from God. And then the devil has perverted and counterfeited codes, signs, symbols, and he imposes them in our face because of bitterness. For example, Easter eggs are a symbol. We have generally been conditioned and have a finite and naive view of everything and are led by our feelings. I don't feel good, I don't feel right about that. Feelings are good, but they can be very easily deceived. In many cases, however, when the symbolism has been exposed, we still remain ignorant and in denial. And so, t- so many times this is the case. Jeremiah 6, verse 16. Turn with me to Jeremiah 6, verse 16. This is one of my favorite scriptures. Jeremiah 6, 16 says, Thus says the Lord, are you there yet? Thus says the Lord, stand by the way and see and ask for the ancient paths, God's ancient paths. Where the good way is and walk in that and you will find rest for your souls. How many of you need rest? Rest. Find rest for your souls, walking in the ancient paths and the truths of God. But they said, we will not walk in it. We will not walk in it. We're not going to do that. We are going to do what we want to do because we want to. Have you ever heard that? I want to. It feels good. Do it. I feel like a man today. Have you ever heard that before from a woman? I feel like a bear. I think I might be a turkey, too. Whatever you feel like, what does a turkey feel like? I don't know. But some people think they know, and they want to be turkeys. I feel like a tree, so I'm going to be a tree. That is what the conditioning of the world is is, is being led to believe. So I'm going to take a quick rabbit trail the sheen. You know the sheen? Is an example of a symbol that God uses. It is the first letter in the name of God El Shaddai. Sheen. When we lift our hands, we are flashing the symbol that stands for the name of God Shaddai. So when you lift your hands in worship, you are signifying to the heavens to the demons to the angels that I serve God and that's one of the reasons why we say lift your hands when we all lift our hands we are flashing in the Spirit the names of God the name of God El Shaddai so uh, when we all do it together we're in one one voice one sound one mind one heart so The name of God is also, oh, by the way, this is my favorite thing. You see this right here? How many of you have a computer? You see that the the language of God originally was symbolic, is symbolic. The language of the enemy is symbols. And people say, oh, we don't care about symbols. You know, this means peace to me. Well, to the enemy and the other side, you must know you are saying something that is not peace of God. And I did a teaching on this one time, but uh, we have to speak. You know, um, I came here one time and I said um, something about, well, I ended up swearing. And I didn't know I was swearing because in America it wasn't a swear word. But the people freaked out at me. I even said, honk if you love Jesus. I didn't know that meant barf. Does that mean throw up? Does th- honk mean throw up? I didn't know. And on America, we have that on all our cars. Honk if you love Jesus. Everybody's vomiting out their cars, you know, if they love Jesus. You don't know what the other, the language of the spirit is something else. So the language of the devil is symbolic, and you need to know that. So anyway, anybody have a computer in here? You have a computer with a symbol on it? Anybody have a computer with a symbol? Do you have it here? No, I just want to know. Does anybody have a computer with a symbol on it? What's the symbol on most of your computers? Is there an apple on there? Well, when you open your lid of your computer and your phone, what are you showing? What does that apple mean? Do you even know what it means? You don't know what it means? Um, can you go back to the Garden of Eden and think about the something was offered to somebody and they took a bite and the bite entered them into that, per, that thing's realm that's what you're flashing when you open your computer and on your phone so we don't want to flash that. That's the devil made me do it. How many of you never thought of that before? <laughs> 90%. Listen, that's called deceive. They put an apple there to show you what's, what part of the world they were from. And it wasn't the kingdom. So we just say, oh, that's cute. (laughs) How creative. No. So we designed a logo, a sheen, that you can put on your computer and cover up that symbol and flash God. So I want you to go. (laughs) So go go to the bookstore and buy the sheen. Uh, We also have the um, celebration logo, too, that we can put on. I think you have, who has one over here? Who just showed me one? Celebration. Oh, you did in the back. Stand up and show everybody. Cover up that thing. Cover up that thing. And let's get serious with God. We also know that his name is recorded upon our hand. In the right hand, and everybody lift up your right hand. His name, Yeshua. Yud, Shin, Vav, Ayin. Yeshua is the hand that destroys the establishment of the eye of Satan. The right palm out, centered over our head, is an affirmation in power that we under the cover of Yeshua we are under the blood of Yeshua we are under the power of our father we are submitted to him so you flash the shin and you flash his name and you let the devil in every principality know I am with God I am with my father I believe in Jesus I believe in his blood that covers me and I am saved and if we all do that we are clearing out the spirits of darkness And things over your life, replacing them with God's symbols and not the devil's. How many want to do that? Hallelujah. Okay, another symbol that is another thing that we do is sunrise service in Easter celebrations. And uh, those are pretty cool, I thought. We used to do those. But every spring on the first Sunday after the fertile, fertile, vertical equinox, the spring equinox they would have what was called the Ishtar Sunday where they would have a sunrise service. Now this part of the legend is difficult to confirm because there are so many different versions. You can make up your own mind whether or not this particular part of the legend will be accredited to you but it's quite interesting how one particular part of the legend lines lines up eerily with the dying of Easter eggs. What the ancients used to do at that sunrise service the priests of Ishtar would impregnate impregnate young virgins on the altar and during that same service they'd take babies born to impregnated virgins the previous year they were now 3 months old and they would sacrifice those children on the altar of Ishtar And then they would take an egg of Ishtar and dip those eggs into the blood of those young infants. And that was the dying of Easter eggs. Are you following me? Look at Ezekiel 8. Look at Ezekiel chapter 8. And then you'll see how God sees this. Ezekiel chapter 8. I want you to know these things are addressed in the bible we just don't know them we don't know where they are we don't know how to even find them half of the time but god is revealing them to us so that we can walk in strength and purity and honor and glory ezekiel chapter 8 then he brought me into the inner court of the lord's house and behold the entrance to the temple of the Lord between the porch and the altar were about 25 men with their backs to the temple of the Lord and their faces toward the east they were prostrating themselves eastward eastward toward the sun say eastward toward the sun you'll get what I'm saying in a minute and he said to me do you see the son of man it is too light a thing for the house of Judah to commit the abominations which they have committed here, and they have filled the land with violence and provoked me repeatedly. For behold, they are putting the twig to their nose. Now let's go back up to when I said their backs to the temple of the Lord and their faces toward the east. The sun rises in the east, quote, and sets in the west. So they couldn't be looking at the sun in the east if it was middle of the day, it was sunrise, and they were prostrate, looking at the sun. At sunrise on Ishtar, and God said, "Do you see this? It is too light a thing for the house of Judah to commit this abomination. What they have committed here, they have filled the land." With violence and provoked me repeatedly. They filled the land with violence and provoked me repeatedly. They filled the land with violence and provoked me repeatedly. They filled the land with violence and provoked me repeatedly. Now, do you think that you would want to do what God doesn't want you to do? Do you want to fill the land with violence? Provoke God repeatedly? That's what He says about that. But we just say, oh, that's nice. Now, listen, you can worship God every day, all day long. You can praise him, you can have uh, spiritual rituals to him every day, all day long, but they were specifically worshiping the sun, the sun God, and we've adopted it, but anyway, That's where we get the sunrise service. It's where we potentially get the dying of Easter eggs. It is also interesting to note that worldwide, the universal color of Easter eggs is red. Even at the White House, the official color of a White House Easter egg is ruby red. Is anyone experiencing cognitive dissonance? Anybody experiencing cognitive dissonance? Come on, be honest with me. Who's experiencing cognitive dissonance? Thank you. Another thing is hot cross buns. How many of you like hot cross buns? <laughs> hot cross buns were cakes offered to the queen of heaven. Jeremiah 7:17. 7, Do you not see that what they're doing to the city, in the cities of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem? The children gather wood and their fathers kindle the fire and the women need dough to make cakes for the queen of heaven. They make cakes for the queen of heaven? We're making cakes for the queen of heaven? Have a hot cross bun, but... Don't put a cross on it. Eat a bun. But anyway, don't take my word for it. Uh Uh-huh. Anyway, so how did Christians start celebrating this? How did we get so deceived? Um, Is anybody tracking with me? Who hears me? Nudge your neighbor. Are you getting this? So we're called to be the bride of christ the living church in the kingdom of god we are in this world not however as the historically is the case the church has been infiltrated by the customs of this world and by satan the god of this world there's nothing new infiltration infiltration but let's be new and let's not be infiltrated how many of you would like to not be infiltrated not be deceived and to do it god's way so um, 2 Corinthians says, no advantage should be taken of us by Satan, <clears throat> for we're not ignorant of his schemes. But I believe we're ignorant of his schemes. <coughs> so, how did we get this far? Alright, how many of you want to know? I'm not going to tell you unless you raise your hand. How many of you want to know? Thank you. As we discussed earlier, pagan sun god worship all started with Who? nimrod the choir knows thank you choir each culture over the years simply translated the sun god names into their own language so just as nimrod was the sun god of the babylonians so mithra was the sun god of the persian empire so here is where i got confused all the time i thought there were so many different gods but in fact one god Sun god worship Sun god worship the mithras religion was widespread throughout the roman empire during the early days of the believers of the first century after the death of christ after christ died mithras was very popular everybody say mithras mithraism i don't want you to forget it i want you to know mithraism say it so when we think of Jesus we're conscious of Mary and baby Jesus and like I said Satan copied that and but that is not the case. So in number 2 enter Constantine As I was saying, <laughs> we're trying to discover how we got off track. So the Roman Empire, Constantine, was a devout Mithrist. He was a worshiper of the sun god. He claimed to have seen a vision in the sky of a cross, and he declared that he had become a Christian. He established himself as the head of the Christian church. So he was the head of the Christian church. So over here is Mithraism. And over here is the followers of Yeshua. Okay. So during the time of his reign, the Roman Empire was divided religiously between worshipers of the sun God Mithras and worshipers of Yahweh, the one true God. Due to this conflict in his reign, he was very agitated by the Christians, by the way, because he really was never a Christian. He took all that was formerly sun god worship and he called it Christian. So everything that the, these people did, he called it Christian. Don't take my word for it, do your own research. In the book, The Two Babylonians, the Arthur, Uh, Alexander Hyssop said to conciliate the pagans to nominal Christianity Constantine took measures and to get the Christian and pagan festivals amalgamated and by a complicated but skillful adjustment he changed the calendar he then decreed that Christianity was the new official religion of the Roman Empire but nothing really changed the infiltration began and they were by law forced to be a part of Mithraism, but it was called Christian. So he took the name Christianity and he made it, uh, um, he he took Mithraism and he made it Christian, called Christian. So all the things that they were doing were part of paganism. And they were, you know, they were also convinced and, uh, It was a challenge. At the Council of Nicaea, Constantine forced believers in the Messiah to abandon all the scriptural worship practices, including the Sabbath. They were forced to um, uh, abandon Passover, Feast of Unleavened Bread, and each of the appointed times. Many believers in the Messiah who were obeying the commandments and who refused and were worshiping on the Sabbath and keeping the appointed times, they were murdered. So people were murdered, and so the people that were trying to be Christians had to be brought in or they would be killed. And so they just began to adopt it, calling everything Christian. So we pre- replaced all that God had, the God given customs, and enforced them to observe pagan sun god days like Easter instead of Passover. So that's how it started. Constantine got everybody believing. And eventually, the guys that were stalwarts were either killed or they had to join. Now, let me tell you something. Today, It will be the same. There will come a time when you will have to choose. Is it going to be Yeshua or is it going to be something else? And prophetically, I am warning you to open your eyes and be aware so that you don't end up like the Christian Mithrists. time is coming the time is coming tell your neighbor the time is coming will you be aware are you aware do you understand God is calling you calling out to you please worship God the Father Yahweh and Him only but it is so easy and appealable hey it's okay hey look Here It's fine. Be a part. Be a part of Mithraism. Here. It's fun. Play with us. Yeah. Go, go, go. Come on, play. Yeah, look. Take lots of selfies too, while you're at it. Post pictures of yourself in the toilet. On Instagram. Uh, Let's give uh, Constantine a hand. Get off my altar. Get off the God's altar. (laughs) So, again, don't take my word for it do your own research I will not stop ringing the bell even if you don't like it I want you to do your research don't be dumbed down the devil expects you just like here Constantine he called himself a Christian and the people believed him and they they compromised and did you know that he outlawed the practice of eating clean food And he mentioned in the scripture, uh, because it's mentioned in the scripture, um, he forced them to eat unclean things like pig. So if you don't have a bacon in your shopping cart, you'd be arrested. So turn to Daniel 7.25, which warns us. Daniel 7.25. And turn fast, because I have to hurry. Daniel 7.25 warns us. You need to underline this, that he will speak out against the Most High. The time is coming where more and more is speaking out against the Most High, even against his principles. It's seen in the music. It's seen in everything. And he will intend to make alterations, alterations in times and in the law. So we're celebrating Easter instead of Passover as God had originally commanded. And they will be given into his hand for a time and a time's half. But it says in the beginning of 25, he will speak out against the Most High and wear down the saints. He will wear down the saints. He will wear out the saints. He will wear you out, wear you out. He'll get you so busy on your Facebook, on your Instagram, in your job. He'll get you so busy in your combis. He'll get you so busy that you will be worn down and you won't hear that Easter is Ishtar. Be aware. Be awake. Encourage one another in these things. Encourage your neighbor. God is still on the throne. Hallelujah. So I put it to you that Easter is not Christian holiday and doesn't celebrate the death and resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Yeshua HaMashiach. So as I've presented you these points, your reaction may be cognitive dissonance. And here's what you may be thinking. Number one. You may be in denial times change things change cultures change huh who, who felt like that close your eyes no one will see let's look at the what the Word of God says in Malachi 3:6. for I the Lord do not change I the Lord do not change I the Lord do not change times may change things may change seasons may change cultures may change but I the Lord do not change now let me ask you this, if the God said he doesn't like fried chips, do you think he will ever like fried chips? Do you think he'll change his mind because, hey, Nando's has new fried chips? If he didn't like fried chips, he'll never like fried chips. John 1 said it. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and He was in the beginning with God, and all things came into being through Him, and apart from Him, nothing came into being. If that is true, and He tells us He does not like something, shouldn't we not like it too? How many of you like fried chips? No, don't raise your hands. Okay. In 1 Peter 1, 16, God says, Be holy, for I am holy. What does holy mean? Separate, set apart. It's hug hagios in the greek and it means set apart revered sacred worthy and worthy of veneration be holy how many of you are holy set apart how many of you are set apart holy doesn't mean a goody two shoes holy means i'm set apart i'm 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 serving after god i'm I'm wanting to be like god i'm pursuing him i'm seeking him it doesn't mean i'm perfect no you strive for perfection it doesn't mean So, uh, 2 Corinthians 6, 17, one of my favorite scriptures, and you'll hear it probably every time I speak. Therefore, says the Lord, come out from their midst and be separate and do not touch what is unclean and I will come to you. Do not touch what is unclean. For example, does our dressing, does your dressing, does your clothing speak of holiness and being separate? Have you ever thought why you dress the way you do? In the name of culture and tradition, we dress like sports icons and celebrities. Which celebrity do you dress like? There's some Kardashian people sometimes, I think. In the name of culture and tradition, we dress baggy jeans or skinny jeans. Baggy T-shirts or bare ankles and no socks? Messy hair, long hair, short hair, bleached hair, shaved heads, body piercings, tattoos? Why? Why do you dress the way you do? Who told you to? Who set the fashion? is it godly is it modest is it reverent your body is the temple of the holy spirit do you know that tell your neighbor your body is the temple of the holy spirit and and i have i have men and pastors and people coming to me all the time saying pastor please talk to the ladies about how they dress they're showing some lines we don't want to see Pull up your blouse. Look, we didn't say to your chin. See, that's what people say. Oh, they want us to dress. No, you see, the devil's perverted it all. And we go that way. Ah, I'm sorry. For Zion's sake, I will not keep silent. For Zion's sake, I'll not hold my peace. For Zion's sake, for Jerusalem, I am. I will not rest. I will not rest. So we don't want to see the big picture, but ladies, we're called to be set apart. Set apart, common, not common, not familiar, not casual, not ordinary. But set apart, anointed a holy nation, a chosen generation, and a peculiar people. Are you common, familiar, and casual? Are you ordinary? Be ye holy, for God is holy. Luke sixteen fifteen says, and they said to him, you are those, and he said to them, you are those who justify yourselves in the sight of men. You justify yourselves in the sight of men. Well, I can wear what I want to. <laughs> I'm just using that as an example. Okay, there she goes again. Yes, there I go again. She likes that. But God, God knows your hearts for that which is highly esteemed among men. Highly esteemed among men is detestable in God's eyes. You want to be detestable in God's eyes and highly esteemed? Or do you want to be highly esteemed in God? Highly, Who wants to be highly esteemed in God? So we often state, well, it's all about my relationship just with the Father. But if that was true in our lives, then we would care about what he likes and dislikes anyway. And we would never have to worry about him changing what he likes or dislikes, because he doesn't change. He told us that he does not change. Isn't that what a relationship's all about? Getting to know the other person and responding appropriately to their likes and dislikes. Keeping in mind that, that there are things that God said to us in his unchanging word, Deuteronomy 12:13 says, be careful not to be ensnared by inquiring about their gods, saying, well, how do these nations serve gods? We'll do the same. You must not worship the Lord your God in their way, because in worshiping their God, they do all kinds of detestable things which the Lord hates. Do you know what those detestable things are that the Lord hates? Get to know God, get to know his word. And what is he saying? What is he like? What is he not like? Do you care? Wives, don't you want your husband to know what you like and not like? Thus says the Lord, do not learn the ways of the nations, Jeremiah 10. Do not learn the ways of the nations. Do not be terrified by the signs in the heavens. Deuteronomy now, turn with me to Deuteronomy 12. Deuteronomy 12, 1 through 4. These are the statutes and the judgments which you shall carefully observe in the land which the Lord your God, the God of your fathers, has given you to possess. As long as you live on the earth, You shall utterly destroy all the places where the nations whom you shall dispossess serve their gods. On the high mountains and on the hills under every green tree. You shall tear down their altars and smash their sacred pillars and turn their ashram with fire. And you shall cut down their engraved images of their gods and, and obliterate their name from that place. You shall not act like this toward the Lord your God. Get rid of your bunny rabbits. Get rid of your Easter eggs. So we can see that Yahweh, the God who does not change, who has not changed, does he now like what he didn't like? Does he, is he confused? After some further thought, he decided, well, maybe I like Easter eggs and Easter bunnies. Now it's okay to have a sunrise service. Maybe he's changed. Do you think God's changed? So what if the worship of God during Easter had been infiltrated and was actually the same as worshiping God, the sun God? Would that be serious? Would, would we care? And more importantly, does God care? So a second reaction you might have is, well, we've always done it that way. It's been handed down from family to family, tradition to trish, tradition. Well, if traditions have taken, um, have taken away from God and the way he wants us to worship him, then we need to go back to what the Bible says. Jesus said, I only do what I see the Father do. I only do what I see the Father do. Is the Father playing with Easter bunnies and and hunting Easter eggs? Say to your neighbor, I only do what the Father does. 1 Corinthians 6 says, All things are lawful for me, but not all things are profitable. All things are lawful, but not... I will not be mastered by any of these. So a good question to ask yourselves is maybe that way is not God's way. Can you say that everything you're doing, God would do? What you're doing and how you're living, is that how God would live? I want to provoke you, because I don't want you to be deceived because things are getting worse in the world. There is more and more deception, more and more infiltration. Another, qu- another um, question you may have, well, but God knows my heart. <clears throat> How many of you know God knows your heart and that's what's important that you, you made a mistake? It's okay, ask for forgiveness. But here's the thing, Jeremiah 17:9 says, the heart is more deceitful than all else. Well, I'm just following my heart. God knows my heart. But God said, your heart's deceitful. Tell your neighbor, your heart's deceitful. Do you like that? you like knowing your heart is deceitful? But that's how God sees it, right? So if you use your excuse that, well, God knows my heart, that's not quite biblical, is it? Okay, how about this? Well, and as a pastor, I talk to people all the time who say, I'm following my heart. So Pastor Tom says he's always terrified by what, that, what they just said. Because it doesn't mean that if it, it does not matter if it bothers us or not. What matters is what's important to God. So if it doesn't bother me, why should it bother you? If I'm following my heart and I can do this stuff, why do you care? Anyway, you can also say, well, that's not what it means to me. Remember, it's not what it means. It's not about what it means to you, it's about what it means to God. A very religious reaction is, well, why can't we just take something that Satan meant for evil and we turn it for good? And we make bunnies sanctified and we make our Easter eggs chocolate. Okay, one more turn, Leviticus 18.30. Thus you are to keep my charge, that you do not practice any of the abominational customs which have been practiced before you, so as not to defile themselves, yourselves with them. I am the Lord your God. Leviticus 18:30 You are to keep my charge that you do not practice any of the abominable customs. He calls them abominable customs. Then I want you to turn with me to Mark 7. So that's Old Testament and this is New Testament. Mark 7 Mark 7 in the Amplified says, They worship me in vain, their worship is meaningless and worthless, a pretense. Teaching the precepts of men as doctrines, giving their traditions equal weight with the scriptures. You disregard and neglect the commandment of God and cling faithfully to the traditions of men. Disregard the commandment of God, but cling to your traditions. Your traditions. In the Shona culture, we have many traditions. Sadza. And we hear this all the time. And you go after the traditions of men rather than the word of God. God is not a man that he should lie. The son of man that he should repent, but we should repent of our ways that do not please God. So turn with me to 1 John 3. Not as Cain, 1 John three twelve. Are you turning your Bibles up there? I don't hear any pages turning from the balcony. You're looking good today. How are you? First John 3, 2. Not as Cain, who was of the evil one and slew his brother. And for what reason did he slay him? Because his deeds were evil and his brothers were righteous. Cain... slew his brother. For what reason? Because his deeds were evil and his brothers were righteous. So you might be thinking, surely defending Christmas or Easter cannot be like Cain. How is it that the same, is is it the same? Well, let's find out because according to John, Cain murdered his own brother because Cain's ways were evil and his brothers were righteous. In Genesis 4, 3 through 7, So it came about in the course of time, Cain brought an offering to the Lord of the fruit of the ground. Abel and his, on his part brought the firstling of his flock and of their portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering, but the, for Cain and for his offering he had no regard. So Cain became very angry and his countenance fell. Then the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry and why has your countenance fallen? If you do well and... Not your countenance, if you do well, will not your countenance be lifted up? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. And its desire is for you, but you must master it. And this is what I'm talking about today. You must master it. You must master it. You must master what the sin is that is trying to beset us. Cain knew the instruction of God, who, as we see later in scriptures, demanded that at an appointed time, God instructed a certain sacrifice. Sometimes the law of God demands a grain offering, sometimes an animal sacrifice. And in this instance, God required an animal sacrifice. Abel heard the instruction and obeyed. Cain used his own judgment. Cain used his own judgment. His own option and his own perception to do what he wanted. He followed his own heart and offered what he thought was best. Cain's attitude is when we do things our way despite what Yahweh says or wants or desires. Do what thou wilt is the law of Luciferianism. Do whatever you want. Do whatever you want. In Jude 11, he says, Woe to them for they have gone the way of Cain. They have gone the way of Cain. Are you going the way of Cain? Are we going the way of Cain? We've gone the way of Cain. We've used our judgment. We've used what we knew was right. But the way of Cain really is when you know that it is wrong and you do it anyway. Or when you know God doesn't like it and you do it anyway. When you willfully say, we didn't know Easter was wrong. We were taught that it was a resurrection Sunday. But it's not. So now that we know it's not, what do we do? We follow not the traditions of men, but the word of God. Amen? If you believe that, say amen. If you want to do that, say amen. And the hour is coming when we worship in spirit and in truth. People ask, is Easter in the Bible? Well, Acts 12 says that... uh, It wasn't the Bible, but they convoluted in Acts. I don't want to read that we're running out of time, but in Acts, you want to look it up, 12, 1 through 4. uh, Herod uh, wasn't um, wasn't going to deal with Peter until after Easter. Well, it was after Passover. But the whole issue is, How can you have two Passovers? You have to study this. This will take a little bit of time to explain. But it is in the Bible, but it doesn't mean Easter as in our Christian Easter. It means their Ishtar, and they were using it in the place of Passover. And Pastor Tom next week is going to talk about Passover. That's God's way. Next week he'll let you know more. We're learning this as we go. I didn't know any of this, so we're learning it as we go. So you want to come on the ride with us? and learn how God sees this. So in closing, we don't wanna find ourselves like the Pharisees who put aside the commandments of God so that we do what we want, do without will. Ephesians says, do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness, rather expose them. In fact, turn there, do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness. Rather what? Rather what? Everybody stand up. Would you please sit down? Would you stand up please? Would you raise your hands? Would you sit down? I didn't say, put your hands down. No, God, a for one more minute, thank you. I want you to ask your neighbor, were you alert? Were you awake? Did you understand what that exercise was all about? Oh, it was very annoying. But listen, God's called us to be pure and holy And it says in in Ephesians 5, do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness. But what expose them. And you know what why we are silenced these days to expose anything? Because now the the world has the devil has convoluted truth into hate speech. How dare you say you don't? How dare you say anything about anything? because it's hate speech, and you could go to jail for that. People have gone to jail already for hate speech. But how does God see this? And if we stand and do it God's way, do you know that there will be a plethora of angels around us that will help protect us and keep us able to do His will. But if you compromise, you compromise. You see, this is a beautiful glass of water. Pastor Tom used this example at Christmas, I think. Beautiful glass of water. How many of you would drink this? It's purified, actually. I have a purifier, and I purified it, so it's beautiful water. How many of you would you like to drink? <laughs> How many you are thirsty? This is poison. Pastor Liz, would you come up here, please? Would you please take a sip of this water and tell everybody how great it is? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's good. It's good? Yeah. yeah? Satisfying? Uh-huh. Beautiful. <laughs> is, Wonderful. Yep. Okay. You're not you're seventy percent water, so this yeah. is really important. Okay. okay. This is poison. <laughs> and it's eleven o'clock and we worship God. We show the shin and we put up the Yeshua that he is God and we surrender to him. So now I put in, well, a big one drop. Just one in a trillion drops of water. (laughs) Would you like to drink that, please? No. Mm -mm. Why? There's poison in there. Uh-huh. Yeah. it's polluted, it's polluted too. and this is how God sees our traditions it's still poison but it's just a little bit no it's just one Easter egg no it's just one bunny no <laughs> it's just one but poison is poison and this is how deceit works are you sure? This is actually really good. It's not, no, I'm <laughs> okay, you can. Okay, so what now? If Easter holiday is not something we should participate, what should we do? Well, let me tell you, what about putting Christ back in Easter? No, we can't put Christ back in Easter. Do not be conformed to this world, the Bible says. And what about attending Easter lunches, dinners and parties? Hebrews says, Do not forsake your own assembling together as is the habit of some. What about the exchange of Easter eggs or gifts? We're always supposed to give gifts. You give gifts every day of the year. And if you happen to give one on what other people celebrate as Easter or they give you one, receive it and take it in the name of Yeshua because it is as we should do every day. Go to your Easter lunches. But don't go to it as an Easter lunch. Go to it as a family function. Go to it as a fellowship. Don't go there and say, this is of the devil. <laughs> no, that's not what I'm, I'm trying to give you understanding. So little by little, you can give understanding. Because the more we do God's way, the more he can bless us, the more angels are, are, are encamped around us, and the more we can do the will of God.
0: And the king, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Thanks for listening. For more teachings and videos, visit celebrationmen.org.